Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Jeff Joyner. You might know me as Coaster Dad or Logan's Dad from Coaster Kids. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Tyler. I'm a Coaster Kids ambassador. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the Coaster, Coaster Challenge, Challenge Podcast. I accept the Coaster Challenge. 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 Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? What is the Coaster Challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, David Cantu and J.D. Prescott. Hey, how's it going, J.D.? It's going great, David. How are you? Well, I'm doing all right. What can I say? What can I say, man? Um, Well, happy Friday. (laughs) The weekend. Yay. I always enjoy the weekends. It's uh, really been one crazy week, I will tell you. Work has just been been in overdrive this week. I mean, it's amazing the comparison. I know that we talk about this in previous episodes, but you just can't stop comparing from last year because at this time last year, we were was, still in complete shutdown. I was sitting at Everything home twiddling was, my thumbs. Yeah, I had just been sitting around trying to think what to do here. There's can't do anything. Everything's shut down. But then all of a sudden, what a 180 from a year ago. Now, it's like everybody's playing catch-up. And I have just, in my profession, outside of coasters and outside this podcast, because I'm a property manager for commercial properties, and we have just been booming in rental demands and all this stuff. And it's just been crazy. Real estate boom is just crazy right now. It's like, OMG. It's like, but I'm glad that things are really picking up. I mean, people are spending money, uh, especially if you're improving. Uh, I guess this pandemic really made people want to do some major home improvement projects oh, out yeah. there because people have been spending money, which is a good thing. We need people spending money, but a lot of people are also planning vacations. There, every I think almost every American in this country right now is planning to travel somewhere this summer. Oh yeah, I bet you they're sick of seeing their same four walls. Yeah, because I'm I already know I'm going to Florida this October. And Lucky. it's definitely going to be a de- well-deserved vacation I'm going to be needing after what I've been going through this past couple of months. But yeah, I'm just glad that everybody is just back to work. Everybody is just staying busy, planning to travel. They're planning big summers. I think this is going to be, uh, when fall comes this year, it's going to be, I think the holidays this upcoming season. is going to be, be better. Yeah, much better. But anyway. you can actually spend it with family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You get to see your family. That's for sure. in person, not yeah. not on a video screen. Yeah. In person, virtual turkey from last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, anyway, so we've got a very exciting guest. In fact, this is a really really special episode because uh, Jenna, who's one of our who's our West Coast co producer and correspondent, uh, this is going to be her inaugural interview for the oh, first time right. on our podcast. Uh, she's been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. I know a lot of you have not. You've heard of Jenna in our second episode, but she's finally, uh, she's done some behind the scenes work for us, but now she's actually stepping in. She's finally going to start doing some interviews and she's got her first interview this week. Oh, that's right. Mike. Yeah. She's interviewing, I wouldn't say a coaster enthusiast, but definitely was a former theme park employee, uh, Mike Pass. He used to be a, he used to work for the original Magic Mike. He knows so much about the park. And I think it's uh, going to be a really fun episode to hear some of the, the things about Magic Mountain in a more detailed way that you and I never got to experience. Oh, exactly. I mean, I remember from my cousins telling me that back in the 80s, it was, it was, it was Magic, it was Six Flags Magic Mountain. It was. It was in the 80s when Six, early 80s, I think it was Six Flags had purchased the park, but it was originally just Magic Mountain all from the 70s down. And that park has really gone through a transformation over the past few decades. Really one of the great, uh, one of the greatest parks in the West Coast. And uh, so I'm really glad that uh, Mike is on the podcast today with jenna and uh but right now it is time jd it's time to do our lovely segment called the youtube highlight clip Clip of the the week week. youtube clip of the week 
All right, so JD happened to found a very interesting. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to laugh, clip, but it, 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 it's funny for a lot of people, especially if you're a non-enthusiast. I would say, yeah, this will probably be extremely funny. But for somebody who was very nervous to get on roller coasters, uh, like myself back in the day, I kind of feel sorry for this guy here. <laughs> but it was really amazing what I saw. And well, why don't you share a little about it, JD? So you can really see how fear can affect you in this video. Literally, this guy, we haven't even crested the top of the lift hill yet. Or no, actually, no. As we're crest, as he, as it's cresting the top of the hill, he blacks out. Completely blacks out. Like he is like leaning forward. Yeah, he went completely limp. Yeah, and it so happens because JD asked me, what coaster is he on? And when I took a good look at the coaster, I was completely shocked. It was Diamondback over at Kings Island. I was like, hey, it's a hyper, B&M hyper coaster. This is a really fun coaster. I mean, it's not that bad of a coaster. Uh, the way, when I first saw the, be- the, the lap restraint, I thought it was Goliath because Goliath has almost that same... Same color scheme. Yeah. How I knew was the the clamshell restraint, which Goliath ever at Magic Mountain, because Magic Mountain Goliath is not a B&M, but the B&M hypers, these are much better hyper coasters than, than what we have over at Magic Mountain. This guy literally blacked out, right as JD said, right as they were crossing the hill, right? Then they make that drop, first drop, and all of a sudden he wakes back up and he's all panicked with arms up and then all of a sudden he blacks out again then he wakes up it's like ah then down and then ah and And down down, and ah and And down down. i'm like how many times can you black out on a coaster apparently it's almost like it's like how many licks does it take to get to the tootsie world center of a tootsie pop well the owl did three but he did five yeah five he blacked out five times on diamondback and then right at the end after you do that helix and then you go down that last drop or you go through the water and right toward the end what does he do jd he vomits he completely vomits off the side of the coaster and i was like wow like i have seen people vomit before but i've seen people vomit on more intense coasters like x2 tatsu over at magic mountain i've seen people throw up on some of the rmc coasters yeah i mean i've seen people throw up on mickey's fun wheel yeah the swinging well the swinging one that that was a very intense swing i was on that one time i don't think i'll ever ride the swinging version of that ferris wheel again but i I like it it's fun actually i find it fun (laughs) uh not when you're getting ready to uh, to almost crush people across the uh thing when there's no seatbelt, but uh, yeah, but I would say, look, the whole mission of our podcast, I, I, I commend this guy. This guy must have been deeply afraid. He went on that coaster. He stepped up. He rode he that thing it. like a champ. Yeah. And uh, it's just amazing how many times a person can black out. But he has no control over it. I know. But it's just amazing what what it is. It yeah. is like, wow. It's like, I think he must hold the record of how many times you black out on a coaster. Probably. So, and then vomits at the end. So That's so, just icing on the cake. I would say, guys... If you're going to ride a coaster for the first time, always remember, take a deep breath. Breathe. Make sure to breathe. If you don't breathe in and out, you are going to black out. If you Don't panic. You're in a secure environment when you're on a coaster. You have, especially those clamshells, they're really awesome to hang on to. Peep, coaster enthusiasts love the clamshell restraints. They are very comfortable. You've got a good grip, and you should be able to enjoy that those motions on the ride. Yeah, and I believe there's there's two handles on each side exactly side right so but i do commend this guy for having the courage to get on diamondback blacked out five times and then vomits um one thing i guess if you're someone new to coasters uh just like my personal rule with tatsu at magic mountain uh knowing how intense the g-force is on that ride i would say a personal rule is if you're going to go on a coaster that you're extremely nervous on it might be best not to eat something before the ride yeah so eat after the ride <laughs> no, the, no, the, the, that could still throw your your equilibrium could be still thrown off. But I would rather get on the ride first and then eat, then something, eat something and relax. Yeah. You know, so but yeah, um, I would say this guy holds the title for the Coaster Challenge podcast for how many times he can black out on a roller coaster. 
five times. My rule, my usual rule of thumb is if I, if I know I'm going to go on something that extreme, I'll start off a little small and then work my way into it. Just don't shoot for the biggest, baddest thing on the, on the face of the planet first. Yeah. So, but that was a very good lesson of, you know, what to watch out for. And, uh, also if you're going to vomit on a coaster, do it on the side. Yeah. Please do everyone a favor. Or try to hold and wait till you get off. No, don't, don't try to hold it because the... That it'll just you don't worse. and don't don't do it while in motion either because then you're going to get on everybody else. So, <laughs> but anyway, guys, uh, there's a pretty good lesson there. But uh, just don't eat before you go on a roller coaster for the, you haven't written the first time. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, guys, we just thought we'd share this lovely YouTube highlight clip, clip of the, the week. week. YouTube clip of the week. So today we have Jenna interviewing Mike on the how the park was before and how it is now. Yeah, well, he used to work for Six Flags Magic Mountain. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, but he also, as a kid growing up, has been at the original Magic Mountain. He's been part of both the original and Six Flags. He really enjoyed his job. I think it's going to be a really fun interview, and uh, this is going to be Jenna's inaugural interview as a correspondent so take it away jenna thank you david and jd this is jenna from the west coast correspondence team today i'm interviewing a special guest his name is michael pass thank you for having me here oh, it's an honor to have you mike thank you for coming on the show not a problem so to start this off um i know you've been around magic mountain before it was magic mountain yes I was I started riding roller coasters in probably about 1975, 74, 75. My very first roller coaster at Six Flags, well, before it was Six Flags, was the Gold Rusher. What was the name of, if you can remember, the park back then? Just plain Magic Mountain. So it was always Magic Mountain before it before it became Six Flags Magic Mountain. Yes, it's always been Magic Mountain as far as I remember. Okay, I remember they had a different mascot and stuff back when the original Magic Mountain before they, they went to the Looney Tunes characters. Yes, they had. The original mascots, I do not remember the names of them. There was a big purple, looked like a Barney almost, but it wasn't Barney. <laughs> almost like the hamburger over at yeah, McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. So who was the one that brought you into riding coasters? My mother. Would she take she took you on the gold rusher first? Yes. What what roller coaster wouldn't she let you on? Uh none of them at the time because none of the really big stuff had really opened yet. So Mike, what was the very first roller coaster you've ever ridden? Gold Rusher. Gold Rusher was the first one? Yes. And what was it what was that like like when you're it was a well, I've never been on Gold Rusher, so what what was Gold Rusher right like? The Gold Rusher was like it's kind of a mix of like Big Thunder Mountain and a uh, just kind of a standard roller coaster, but it was real. It was real bumpy. It wasn't it, it like uh, like when you go into turns. A lot of it didn't have camber. It was just flat turns, so it was kind of rough. So wooden was it wooden style coaster or was no, it's it metal metal steel yeah. coaster? Okay, really cool. So you were. You were part of the original Six Flags, or original Magic Mountain, which is really awesome because you're the first guest on our podcast that can be able to tell us a lot about the original Magic Mountain. What type of, uh, what, what's some of the coasters that were there that may still be at the park today? Um, the only one that I know of that is still there that I can remember off the top of my head is the Gold Rusher and I believe the Jet Stream, was, which was their water uh, log flume ride. So this this part, so the park over the years has just gone through major transformation. Oh yes, I mean there's there there used to be an old uh, uh, steam engine that went around the park. They took that out in the early 80s. They used to have a, a people mover that went over the top of the park in the high buckets on the cables and then would go down the other side. They took that out too. So I know that. Some of the original coasters that are still at the park, they must have been added on probably when Six Flags took over. So I would say like Revolution. 19, 1976 is when they built the Revolution. That was the first looping coaster ever made. Yeah, that yeah. was a very historical, it's still a historical coaster. So that was put in, yeah, it was the, that was before the very Flags. first loop coaster in the yes. world, I believe, correct? Yes, I believe so as well. Uh, and that was also before Six Flags took over still. And then what about uh, Colossus? 78. Wow. I think it's 78 or 79 they put Colossus in. And that was the first first uh, coaster of that kind that had a hundred over 100 foot drop. And what about Viper? Viper was the early 80s 
80s. I want to say 81, 82. Gosh, if it was 81, uh, I was born in 81, so that means... We both were. Yeah, so this year, if, if it if it opened in 81, that means Viper will be 40 years old. Yes. That just tells you just how old, how old that coaster has been in the park, along with Revolution and old Colossus, uh, which was my very first ever roller coaster i've ridden as a kid now it's twisted colossus which is really awesome i'm really glad that they transformed it and made it into something even more thrilling i know that i'm curious because like i said i don't as a kid i only went to magic mountain a couple times i know that what do you remember what used to be over where now hurricane harbor sits today um in the early 80s it used to be like a water performance area like they had a like a ski like a water ski show and like a small lake over there but they had from what i understood from like uh old employees they would have algae problems in there and it made the water unsafe for a lot of the performers to get in and get in the water there wow so kind of like universal with its water world shows that no 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 this was like more water skiing with speed boats and they would do like the uh water ballets and ski jumping and stuff like that it was a big lake i mean it was very large lake and um gosh and magic mountain has um they're quite a few i think one ride i used to do as a kid i think it was called log jammer that's gone that's where uh full throttle Throttle is is now now um free fall free fall is still uh was there i want to say that was the early 90s that's the one i got stuck on for two hours Hmm. and what about ninja ninja was mid 80s and that was the swinging one swinging coaster that was all of course, after Six Flags took over. Once Six Flags took over, they took out quite a few of the older rides to make room for the bigger rides, obviously. Yeah, and I remember, like, well, today it's now called Apocalypse, which is the other wooden coaster that's in the very back left corner of the park. That's where now the new West Coast Racers right. was recently built. But I remembered that they used to have Deja Vu Deja- over in that area. Was it exactly near Apocalypse? It was next door. It was literally right on the other side of Apocalypse. And then Deja Vu had a lot of mechanical issues, and they the depart decided to tear it down and move it to a different park. Yeah, it's now Six Flags New England New now England, holds, right. and now it's called Goliath, I believe, over in Six Flags New England, which I never got a chance to experience uh, Deja Vu, but hopefully I haven't been to Six Flags New England yet, so I'm hoping to get a chance to be able to ride that coaster knowing that it came from magic mountain so you used to work first for six flags i did i did merchandising wow and um just tell us a little bit about like the history that you saw during your time like how, when did you work uh, i worked there the year before they built superman i i was talking to a guy who was one of the mechanics there and he we were talking and he was talking about they were going to make superman an actual roller coaster not just the up back but the physics just weren't in the making to make the ride be able to make a safe stop so they that's why they decided to make it the way it is you got to be there you got to see behind the scenes of what it's like i never got a chance to work for the the theme parks maybe someday i may still apply just to be able to see what it's like to be able to work for the parks but i guess the one question i have and it's been shut down for so many years and i i've been on it one time and i think it was in 1999 i believe but it was the observation tower that's still there the orange tower that yes. seems to be like the symbol of magic mountain and it's been shut down gosh 20 yeah. plus years i'm wondering I, I was told i know it's it's a viewing tower yes but didn't it have a restaurant or something on that tower i do not believe so i i've been up in it a few times and again this is before six flags took over but we used to be able to go up there and you could look around i do not remember a restaurant up there no i don't remember seeing a restaurant up there either and i've been up there at least once i've been up there i was up there a couple times and it just seemed like it was big enough like it looked like it they were probably going to put a restaurant up there, make it like like a Windows of the World type restaurant where you can get this incredible view of the valley. But I guess um, safety standards or <laughs> who knows what. But I don't know. I remember they had that giant elevator in the yeah. center, and I know that the reason why the, the tower has been shut down for all these years is that the elevator uh, broke, and the state of California has new regulations on elevators uh, safety, and apparently it was going to cost in the millions to 
re retrofit and redo that entire elevator system and they just have not been able to do that and i miss kind of going up there because almost every theme park i've been to they've got a viewing tower Right. And uh, that's the one thing that I wish Six Flags would start the process of fixing. But yeah. I, I mean, it's if you've ever had a chance to view that, to get that view spot, it's an incredible view of the Santa Clarita Valley. Yeah, and you can see the entire park, which is really nice. Yeah, and you, and you can see out like if you're going up the five, you can see up almost the way all the way up to Castaic too. I mean, it's it's a beautiful view up there. And they certainly have the room to put a restaurant up there. But when the the bad thing about it is in the wind, it really sways. If it gets windy up there, it sways. It's a high, that, the high desert, very high winds in that area in the Santa Cruz Valley, all the way up into the Antelope Valley. But, you know, I will say, even though it sways, that tower has survived several major earthquakes. Oh, yeah. In the past couple of and, decades. And several major windstorms through there. Yeah. So, uh, so it's like, well, I will say that... Um, Magic Mountain being our home park, it's one of the biggest parks in in the country. It, it holds the most roller coasters in the country right now. Um, and now it looks like you know their recent new new ride is West Coast Racers. Um, did you get an opportunity to experience that coaster? Yes, I did. And, and what did you think about that coaster? I really like it. it it's it's really fun. It's a, it's an enjoyable. It's not. It's really smooth. It doesn't like like a Viper will you know jerk you around a little bit because it's an older style coaster. But all the most of the new rides they put in there are really smooth now. They don't really jerk you around. No no kidney breakers anymore. Nothing like that. I really liked it. Now mm. we just got to get your grandson onto it because when we went, he was still a little too shy, a little too short for it. Yeah. Just ever so slightly but your daughter was on it and she wrote it twice yeah she went on it with you and then we switched out because one of us had to stay with your grandson right and she wrote it a second time and she came off of it feeling nauseous after writing it back to back and i'm the one who got my daughter into roller coasters so speaking of now that we're talking about roller coasters so um what other uh, parks have you visited over your lifetime have you um, been to like the Knott's Berry Farm? You've been. Knott's I know Berry you've been Farm, to Disney, Disneyland, Universal, all the all the almost all the California uh, local amusement parks that are local to Southern California. Okay, and you have not ventured out at all outside of California to visit um, any parks. I've been to Six Flags Over Texas once, and I've been to Opryland in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, nice. And uh, I don't remember. Uh, I was pretty young when I went to uh, Opryland. I was only thirteen. And I'd, rotten teenager so i don't remember much about it <laughs> you're a rotten adult now so <laughs> what um, um what is your favorite roller coaster out of all the parks that you've been to tatsu it's six flags really yeah not x no tatsu yeah you're probably the second guest uh second guest we've had on that has mentioned tatsu i will say that almost every guest that we've had on uh, the top three coasters that have been heavily mentioned in our podcast so far have been x2 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, everybody says x2 is either their favorite it is the coaster that scares them the most. Or they which, absolutely hate it. <laughs> yeah. Or it's a one and done, like like Genesis just said. But uh, now that we know what is your favorite coaster, what is your least favorite coaster? Batman. Ah. Every time I get on Batman, for some reason, it makes me nauseous. Batman at Six Flags makes me nauseous. I don't that know is why. a very intense B&M invert. Um, like, I experienced Silver Bullet over at Knott's Berry Farm. That was my very first B&M invert. And that is a very smooth ride, very quiet ride. But Batman really roars, and mm-hmm. it's very intense. And, yeah, it, you can feel the G-force on that ride. And, uh, yeah, it's it can be a rough ride. Yeah, and then I would say my second least favorite was when it was running was Shockwave. When they had Shockwave at Six Flags, that was the first stand-up that they had. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that was Riddler's was not the first no, stand-up. No, was the second. Wow, I, I, I've heard somebody mention Shockwave. I totally and forgot that it was a... They moved it to, uh, I believe it's Six Flags Fiesta. And I believe it's still in operation, but I'm not positive about that. I was at Fiesta, Texas back in 2018, and I don't think I've ever... Remember seeing the over Texas. probably they over it to Texas. Texas. Yeah, I, think it's over I don't think it's at Fiesta yet because I didn't see a stand-up unless it got converted. No, Superman is a floorless coaster, but it was never a stand-up. That was an all-new, right. new fully built coaster. So now that we know what your your favorite coaster is and what's your least favorite, but what is the one coaster that scared you the most? 
um, that scared me the most, I would say we had gone to this little carnival ride, and it was in um, Minnesota, and it was just, you know, one of those throw-up carnival things, and it felt like the darn thing was going to come off the track. I mean, it, I couldn't tell you the name of it now, but it was scary. Wow. It, it, How it, old were you when you experienced that? Uh, nine, maybe. Nine years old. And, man, this thing was rickety. You'd go around a corner, and you'd feel like the whole thing was just tilting with you. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty scary. But it was just, like I said, it was just a carnival coaster, so I, I don't imagine it was put together all that well to begin with. So I will say the one thing with our mission with Coaster Challenge is that uh, we've been – our mission here is to help people be able to break their fears. Break their Because when you break your fear, you're able to break anxiety, stress, relieve stress, relieve depression. And in the times that – We've been in this past year. I, I think we can all agree here. The COVID pandemic has really showed how much fear is out there in our country today. It really shocked the heck out of me. Yeah. Just seeing how much people are just so afraid. And it took me my entire childhood, my young adult life, to be able to, to be brave, to face my fears. And has made me who I am today, a fearless person. And I have spent over five years now trying to help one person at a time just be able to break their fears and i feel like wow i think we're we're making progress here but then when this pandemic hit boy i felt like it's an uphill battle because uh, i feel like man it's like i think everybody needs to get on a roller coaster now and just mm -hmm. let it all out in a healthy way because we're just seeing what's been happening there's nothing wrong with that yeah and uh so I guess the key thing I want to say, like, how were you feeling throughout this past year? Because I know that anxiety, depression, stress, everything was. And I know in your in your current profession today, Mike, I you are a truck driver, so you get yes. to travel all over this great country. Yes. So you were fortunate to be able to keep still work and still be able to provide and and help yeah. your family and stuff. But I know that there were some really tough times. And how were you going through with all that? Um. I mean, I I found ways to self you know self soothe if you want to call it or just get rid of stress on my own and stuff and it just it, something that just works for me is like I, I play video games you know I just that's just what works for me stuff like that. Your motocross. Motocross. I ride dirt bikes still. Fishing. So, fishing. Yeah, there's a lot of we just just we, hobbies. Yeah, we managed to keep us busy even with all the parks being closed this past year just by going and doing. The fishing and just kind doing, of taking yeah, just little doing trips. Little hobbies. I think the toughest thing that I remember you guys were telling me during this past year, and it was really tough on me as well, the fact that Disneyland was closed. Oh yeah, that's, and we all love Disney. Yeah, uh, if well, you're, all if you all the theme parks were closed. Yeah, all but with Disneyland. Yeah, um, that really hit home because oh, yeah. Disneyland was a park that would never close. During, place on earth yeah it would never be closed it's only closed maybe now three times in its history and like i know jenna is huge with disney <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all of us are yes and i know that had a lot of people i've heard have is taken a toll on them when disneyland was closed for record record history over a year yeah and now it's uh finally back it reopened on april 30th and uh and right now it's at 20 it was at 25 percent but gosh it's like it's amazing like when you how much we take life for granted mm -hmm. the little things in life and as much as i've complained about disney i was amazed that when it was shut down i actually i really missed it deeply i do too i still I do think we all do i remember going to disneyland as a kid myself as well you know, I remember, you know, Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, I remember all those before, you know, they had Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean and all that. I remember a lot of those original rides. How old were you, would you say, if you can remember, that you went to Disneyland the first time? First time I went to Disneyland, I believe I was around five. So you were there right with the original, original Disney. And, close. And uh, so you were there way before California Adventure was open. Oh, yeah. It was I all mean, parking they, lot. There was no downtown Disney. I remember when um, they built California. I think, uh, would you say, like, when you were a kid, Space Mountain? I remember when they built Space Mountain. Yeah. I remember when they were building all that. Um, so the original rides were really Matterhorn, It's mm -hmm. a Small World, Haunted Mansion, Haunted Mansion. Pirates, uh, Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cru I remember when they built um, Big Thunder Mountain. I remember oh, I seeing that all was, the construction for all I that. was told that was like the most exciting coaster before Space Mountain. Yeah, yeah. there was supposed to be something else, some kind of mine car that went 
from that was it wasn't part of Big Thunder, but it was something similar to that. I don't remember that one because the, there was there was a like you a, had the Utopia cars. Not yeah. that no, it was no, there was a there was a mine train ride there as well, but I do not remember. I that that was taken out before I think before I even started going. Ah, uh, I think it's I think that was taken out in the early seventies. Because like Star really Tours didn't open until nine uh, eighty late eighties. Yeah. And um, and then I'm trying to remember what used to be across from Star Tours that now is now the light uh, Buzz Lightyear saver. It was that was, mission uh, one. No, Mission to Mars was next door to uh, Space Mountain. So another good question, and, and since I got here, Mike, and you you you've been to Disneyland way before in time. That so now we're next to Space Mountain. Now where they ho- house the. Uh, uh, Oh gosh, the round building that's by Utopia. Oh, right. progress the Carousel of Progression. Yeah. Or Carousel of Progress. Progress. Right. There progress. you go. Progress. Right. So that mm-hmm. used to be the Carousel of Progress. Right. And then they took that out at Disneyland, but it's still at Walt Disney World, which yeah. I got to experience back in 2017, and I thought it was a pretty pretty cool way how they rotated the yeah rotated the, the, the audience thing. seats and it goes from stage to stage to stage. The, but the, I never the one, got the one at Disneyland does that too. Yeah, they used to have a thing in there called like uh, life humanity or something. It would teach you kind of the steps, the steps of life. It had like uh, science stuff in there, and uh, I believe they took all that out as well. I don't think they use that building anymore right now. No, it's more like uh, they use it as a museum, almost like for Star Wars uh, exhibits, and they had a thing for Marvel and kind of been like more of a staging for whatever they're. That's where the Pizza next. Planet is now too. They've kind of mm-hmm. split that all off, and I think Pizza Planet. It's a little farther over, though, it's, too. It's right it's next over, to Space Mountain, but it's yeah. right yeah. in between. It's kind of in between. Um, so, but, yeah, I never got to experience when Carousel Progress was at Disneyland. Fantasyland was pretty much it still looks the same to this day. Um, it not really changed nothing, much Yeah, Fantasyland. nothing's changed. I mean, they updated uh, Snow White. Yeah. They updated Peter Pan. Uh, uh, Big Toad's Frog. Uh, Mr. Toad's Mr. Wild Toad. Ride. Yeah, I remembered Casey that Jones. ride back in the day used to be a really crazy yeah. ride. And then there was an incident where somebody, a kid got seriously hurt. I think so. And they had to slow that ride down. I remember I did get to experience the crazy original version of that ride. And then I got to see the newer version, which was kind of boring, (laughs) I felt. Um, I think the greatest addition we've seen in the Fantasyland area was uh, Toontown. And they added Toontown past It's a Small World, where we got to see Roger Rabbit's Crazy Taxi. And then uh, they have a a roller coaster over in that area. Um, uh, Gadget's Go Coaster. Yeah. And then over time, and now we got Galaxy's Edge. Right. But now Disney is moving forward. They're looking on to the future. I mean, this pandemic has not slowed Disney down. I mean, they lost millions and millions of dollars this past year for being shut down. But they're moving on to the future here. I mean, I'm assuming you saw the new Project Disney Forward. No. The new expansion project? No, I haven't. Oh, wow. They're going to be taking up every parking lot space behind California Adventure and Disneyland, and they're going to expand the parks Wow. Both of them, even more, he, way more. They're they're even going to add a like a Neverland for but Peter David, Pan. You got to remember that was Walt's thing. Was it was always keep moving forward. He never yeah. stopped. He always wanted. He never to keep stopped growing. innovating. Right. right. That was the one thing about our mm. not just, that Walt got that, that that was a that was a, a national pride in our country was we kept innovating. Yeah. We put a man on the moon. <laughs> for Christ's sakes and. Uh, and this country was back in the day. It was all about we are, we are number one, and we are going to be the leader in everything we do. And I really kind of feel like that has kind of dwindled over time. Like I don't well, feel it's, like it's become more corporate. Uh, corporate, yeah, is, is the way I feel. I feel like that's been the biggest difference with Disney over time when Walt was running it versus when he passed and then corporate took over. You can just well, feel... as soon as he passed, it was. Almost like when they came back to see what the Imagineers were doing, it was just they were kind of left at this, so what's going on? What's happening? What do you guys got going? And that's when you kind of see, like when you watch the um, Imagineer on Disney+, Plus, 
and you hear these the old time imagineers that were there from the beginning you kind of hear that drop of like it's no longer Walt taking over it is now it's now a corporation we're not looking at it as a family thing it's how do we make our money what are we going to do next to bring people in and make more money and make more money bottom line was they kind of came to, came down to the let's make more money how do we do it yeah well, that's how corporate America runs. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... It's all about the profits and money. Because the more money they bring in, the more they're going to add attractions or they're going to be upgrading and trying to make it where more people come and they make more money. Um, I will say that since this pandemic hit, I wonder what Disney's going to do now that they had canceled all the annual passes that we were all annual pass holders. Right now, they're just doing day-to-day ticket sales and reservations. But Right. And their we, ticket we prices don't, are so high right now, too. Yeah, they're very high because they gotta they got to make up for the loss of yeah. not being able to have full 100% capacity rate uh, in the parks. So it's like the question is, will they bring back the annual pass system? I hope so. Or is it going to turn into some sort of membership? There was rumors that they're looking into a membership program, kind of like what Six Flags has with their membership program. And I'm wondering how that would work, but I can see they could have different levels of membership where there's even more blackout days, where there may be a membership where you can only go on the weekends, or right. or there's a membership where you can only go during the week, or you're only allowed to go summer season or the fall season. You know, I mean, there's many ways Disney could do this. I mean, that would kind of help as far as the traffic goes if they did that. Like, if they did a, you know... This is the only time, this pass only allows you in on the weekends. This pass only allows you in during, you know, from uh, November to January. I mean, that will eliminate a lot of that foot traffic for people. Because I know during the holidays, it gets pretty packed. I mean, even now, I mean, what, 2019 when we went last time, it was still pretty busy for... Yeah, it was very busy for a holiday i mean i can just imagine i remember going for christmas yeah yeah or i went christmas eve one year but then i went after christmas all the way into the new year no wonder why they black out the last two weeks of the year because oh my goodness everybody and their freaking mothers down there yep that park is beyond capacity downtown disney is shoulder to shoulder the Mm -hmm. hotel areas the lobbies everything is shoulder to shoulder everybody floods down to disney and for a lot of the annual pass holders unless you have the signature plus pass that's the only pass and that's a 1400 hundred dollar pass back then that would get you no blackouts and i went one time and i told my friends i said you know what that's my last i said that was way too crowded and i just could not and and the wait times on rides were triple than what they normally were and i was like you know what i've got an annual pass where i can go any day of the year and i'll go on the slow days (laughs) and try to avoid the holidays as much as possible but most most of the parks are like that i went i went one year to six flags on a fourth of july weekend oh my god oh i did i went to knott's berry farm in 2018 for fourth of july and that park was jam-packed but i think the greatest experience i had that year fourth of july was uh my buddy and i got on hang time and we were going up the lift hill and when we got up to the top it was nine o'clock at night it was just right before the fireworks show was about to start at knots but when you hang at the top uh-huh. when we got up to the top you could see all of orange county in la and there were nothing but fireworks going off yeah. everywhere and it was the most incredible sight i wish i had uh, my uh, gopro cam or something to capture <laughs> that what i saw because that was just a really incredible sight Right. That's all timing, too. Yeah. It's just like uh, people say, like, when you ride Thunder Mountain at Disneyland during the fireworks show, you got to time it just right when you go through those certain li- – when you go up the lift hill or yeah. you're going through the mountain areas, you see the fireworks just beautiful in that time. Yeah. Just like when you stand at Galaxy's Edge by the Millennium Falcon, if you're in right on that upper deck, right where the, the view of the ship is, you would see the fireworks yeah. perfectly centered. It's like the way how they designed – the layout of the park, they made it wherever the fireworks were setting off. No matter where you stood in the park, the fireworks show just looked fantastic. Right. But so. I think that comes down to with their design. I mean, Walt's design was that um, wheel, the wheel design. So your center point was supposed to be where Sleeping you could Beauty. see anything. Sleeping Beauty's castle. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you kind of like 
broke off from that and you know i i rewatched the whole imagineer thing and they were talking about how france was like that their city is built based on a wheel spoke you know the spokes of a wheel and how everything is centralized to one's point so you don't ever get lost um i think when walt did disney i think that was probably the best thing he could have done so well this was been a really awesome uh interview mike and i really appreciate you coming on and giving us a little his uh little his- history lesson on magic I, mountain i have one question for him though yeah. or i want him to tell one story uh the first time you took your daughter on x oh at magic mountain okay we got another x story i love yeah. hearing x2 stories this is an x2 story well it was originally it's x this is before it was x2 and uh so my daughter and i go to magic mountain my daughter's nine ish maybe ten and uh Instead of taking her to you know, like the smaller rides first or smaller coasters first, she had never been on a coaster before really. I take her on X2 or X. So we get we get we wait in the line and she's not real happy about what not real happy about it. And I don't know if the other parents out there are gonna think I'm mean or not, but so anyway we get we start to get to the front of the line. I sit her in the very front car, and so we're sitting there waiting, and she she sits down, and the guy comes over to strap her in and stuff, and she starts bawling. She's like, no, I want off, I want off, I want off. And I'm and the guy looks at me, and I said, don't you let her off? I said, no, she's going to ride this. She, she was saying before, oh, yeah, I can ride it, no problem, no problem. But as soon as she gets on, she's like, no, I want off. I'm like, no, that's not going to fly. You're riding. So anyway... Guy, guy looks at her and goes, I'm sorry, that's your dad. I can't go against what he says. So he straps her in, ties her in. We start rolling out. We start going up the lift hill. And they start, uh, this is before they had the music and stuff. So I'm looking around. I go, oh, my God, where's the track? And she's like, what? What? Where's the track? What track? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, no, there's no track behind us. Where are we going to go? And she starts freaking out. And then she starts crying a little bit. And so we get up over the top of the hill and we start to go down. And I go, look, we're going straight down on the ground. And she's just crying her eyes off. So we go through the ride. We're getting out. And as we're getting off, my daughter's like, I want to go again. Hey, <laughs> See? Uh-huh. That's, that's been the biggest thing with people when they're afraid to get on that was like me it's like you don't it's that you know one thing it's like you don't know what you're going to experience the it's one thing the, about x2 is of, you're going backwards so it's you can't see ahead of you what's going to happen it's the lack of control yeah so like roller coasters can be predictable they're you, all predictable yeah and it's it can be a, it's a control environment where you can you'll know exactly where it's going to turn you know exactly how fast it's going to go you know when you're going to flip upside down um the one thing the one thing i would tell someone who's never ridden a roller coaster before is that you have to remember these things were all engineered and designed and tested to massive extent, massive extent before they let people ride them because of liabilities, obviously. So they're not going to just open a ride and throw people on it. These rides have been tested and proven. So I feel like if I had never ridden a roller coaster before, I wouldn't go to like a carnival and get on some of their coasters because you know they're not up to the standards of Magic Mountain, Six Flags, Disneyland, uh, Knott's, Universal, any of those because they all have higher, very high standards. But I would go if I had never ridden a roller coaster before, I would feel safe going to almost any amusement park in this country and getting on a, a top fuel, you know, dragster roller coaster, any kind of a top fuel, you know, top end coaster, high end giga coaster whatever because they're tested and tested and tested again so frequently that you know the maintenance on them is so high they do so much maintenance on them i would have no problem yeah exactly amen and I, that's great advice and and glad you you're one of the first ones especially somebody who's worked for the parks has seen it firsthand how the engineering and everything is oh, all yeah. done with these coasters. I was friends with two or three of the mechanics that were there when I worked there. And those guys say they, they test those rides so much, you don't even realize how much people how, how often those things are tested. They are tested every morning before anybody gets there. They are tested every night after everybody leaves. They are tested like when they were uh, during the pandemic, I don't believe they were they were testing them because of the pandemic obviously, but they are tested daily, nightly, and then daily again. They start all over in the morning and start testing them again. They are tested frequently. Even when a even when a new coaster is being oh, built yeah. and and before they even open it 
it to the public. It has the state requires them to run that train oh, yes. so many times before. I, I believe it's in the hour. I believe, I believe that's to run for so many hours in the test phase before they open it. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what the maintenance guy told me. It has to run so many hours empty before it can be open to public. And that includes the water dummies that they put on there yes. for, for weight to make sure it's going to handle. Exactly. That is, uh, yeah, and I really appreciate you sharing that that advice to our listeners and that you're the first one to actually explain that in a more mechanical engineer (laughs) experience which is awesome and uh yes and i really want to thank you so much mike for coming on the show and sharing us your opinions and love hearing the stories about especially like with magic mountain the old school magic mountain because i never got to see what the original magic mountain was like a lot of people didn't because i i believe it was the 80s like early 80s when Six Flags bought it. I don't remember exactly. And they did, I mean, they did an excellent job when they bought it. They put a lot of good stuff into it. They put a lot of money into it. And I feel a lot of stuff they took out, you know, is thoroughly missed, but they've definitely made improvements. Yeah, yes. And Magic Mountain has had its uh, ups and downs in the past decades. I know in the 90s, they were going through a rough patch for a while. I mean, Six Flags literally went in the bankruptcy mode one time, and they were actually going to close Magic Mountain. yes. They were going to close it, and uh, I think the city of Santa Clarita came in and helped save the day. I think it was Valencia, but yeah, well, yeah. one of the cities came in and helped them out yeah. immensely. And uh, so I believe the the city has gone partnership with Six Flags. I think so. And it was mainly because back in the 90s, I remember that there used to be a lot of fights. There used to be a lot of... Yeah, it, 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 the family environment of the park during a, a small period of the time. It got rough. It got really rough, and to the point where families were going away. They were going to Knotts. They were going to Universal. They were going to Disneyland. Disneyland yeah. And so Six Flags had to turn that around. And the city, city, well, Valencia was always part of the city of Santa Clarita as part of Santa Clarita Valley. But they stepped stepped in as partners, and I could tell they had really cleaned up the park. They've really. Yes. When I returned back in 2015, and I hadn't been. There in like 20 years and i was like wow the park was really cleaned up last time i was there and i was like this is really nice yeah really they enjoyed didn't it. have the gang like the gang fights and all that stuff it became no. it went back to being a family yeah, environment it's more family oriented i mean it, there's still a lot of stuff when you go in you go through metal detectors of course and stuff like that yeah and they're pretty thorough about searching people's purses for weapons and guns and stuff so and i you know we've never had a really serious i think magic mountain did in its history they had like i said the violence part yeah. um but yeah it, it was because of that that had to bring in the metal detectors and stuff yeah. but like i said it, there was a lot more to that i would say after 9 11 yeah and you know all the terrorist attacks that we've had dealt with from the oklahoma city bombings and all that stuff yes. yeah there a lot of safety measures over the decades were enhanced and you know what it has paid off parks have been a lot safer i feel more safer going to a park today i feel safer going back to six to magic mountain right um it's they've done an incredible job and i will always be glad to call six flags magic mountain my home park yeah so just to hit on another note a few of the coasters i've been on outside of california i've been on desperado at at Nevada State Line. I've been on the roller coaster that used to be on top of Stratosphere in Las Vegas, Nevada. You're the second person to have on yeah. a show that I've experienced that. And then uh, they used to have another. I've been. I've been most of the co- coasters in Las Vegas. I've been on, which would be Circus, uh, Circus, Circus, New York, New York, New York, New York. They used to have one in front the of Sahara. the Sahara. Yeah, that's the one coaster I never got to experience yeah, was that Sahara. Was, that was just like mine. And I was really behind. upset when they tore that down. Yeah. Oh, I was so upset. What about the MGM part? I was yeah. MGM used to have a theme park oh, yeah. back there. I've seen it on YouTube. Yeah. I've been, I was in that park. I got married in that park. See, like Vegas, I guess we're trying to get into the theme park business, but it's not as, well, back then, well, here's a cute thing about Vegas. Back in the 80s, the 90s, maybe early 2000s, Vegas wasn't really a family environment place. It was an adult's only just destination yeah. that's where you go to gamble and throw your all, money away yeah that's where, <laughs> that, yeah that that's was why the yeah. adults version of disneyland yeah is so but Vegas. over time when uh steve Wynn and mgm and these big companies came in they started transforming the resorts to not just be about gambling but they turned it into family environments
environments where there's attractions, museums, uh, like Circus Circus adding the Adventure Dome and uh, Stratosphere when it was built. They had that roller coaster and they had the drop tower and yeah, so big shot, and then M- when the MGM center. like MGM for those that don't know history in Vegas, but back in the 80s the MGM resort caught fire. Yeah, that whole resort burnt to the ground. And when yeah. they rebuilt that's where MGM, that's where Bally's is now. Yeah, and where MGM when it was rebuilt they built that theme park mm-hmm. but that theme park didn't last very long was, uh, i believe it was like seven years i think it was yeah but that was during a time when it wasn't family environment yet yeah. so to vegas today is so and there's so many people moving out look look at vegas now has an nfl team yeah. raiders moved out there they have a professional hockey team now they need major league baseball yeah that'll be next <laughs> and i think if six flags or cedar fair was to build a theme park in las vegas i think it would be successful this time because so many people are moving to nevada las vegas or, has or exploded Dis- or disney could put something up out there as well oh they could oh they they could they could put a, another park in nevada sure it would be a great destination. It's already got the airport. It's got the attractions, uh, mm-hmm. the tourist, tourist attraction there. Yeah, I could see that someday. But I guess they're still studying to see if it's profitable. Yeah, we'll so, see. We'll see in the years to come. So, Well, Mike, thank you so much. And just for our listeners, where could they find you on social media? Facebook. Facebook? Yeah. Under Michael pass i think it's mike it's mike pass mike Mike pass mike pass all right so well thank you so much for coming on and thank you yes thank you so much thank you had a good time you're welcome and hey by the way david happy birthday too well thank you (laughs) thank you so much all right jenna thanks mike that was that was great i mean honestly to hear what it was like back then some of the coasters he mentioned i didn't even recognize any of the ones that uh he mentioned but i the only ones that i would probably remember would be viper and revolution yeah and but gold rusher was oh yeah gold rusher yeah gold rusher has been there probably the long it was there longer than revolution i didn't realize that well colossus Colossus was built in the 80s but yeah revolution viper yeah and it's oh and jetstream Jetstream oh, was one of the original ones that. too. So I remember writing that in the in the early nineties. Early It's still there, dude. Jet I, I didn't realize Jetstream's been there all the way into the seventies. I was like, wow. Uh, that's uh, so every time I go to Six Flags now I'm gonna know that when I see Jetstream I'm gonna say that's one of the oldest coasters in the uh, water park I would say so but no Mike fantastic interview and uh, thank you for sharing all the knowledge and also some of the advice you have given to our listeners I I just uh, just been amazed of how all the people that we've had on what they have taught everybody about fear and how to face it and how they handle their own personal fears. I bet and you he he's, he saw a lot of people with a lot of fear working at Magic Mountain. Oh, quite a bit, you know. So, but yes, thank you guys. This was really awesome, and we really want to thank our listeners. We really appreciate all the love and support you've been giving our podcast. JD and I deeply appreciate it. Uh, we definitely would love to hear your feedback, and if you have any ideas, or if you have any YouTube clip highlight clips of the week uh, ideas uh, please feel free to email us at coasterchallengeusa at gmail.com you can also find us on instagram twitter and facebook you can message us there as well under coaster challenge podcast um, make sure to tune in every friday we got a very exciting episode next friday and uh, make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family and make sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast network and until then guys this is david Cantu. This is J.D. Prescott. And we will see you all next week right here on Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? <laughs>